1: Today on the Zabecast, what have I told you that a well-known,
2: long-time Golf Channel reporter has played Augusta like seven times, but he's never played pebble? Well, that's what Steve Sands of the Golf Channel told me. He joins me to talk majors in the late summer and fall, and to share with me his thoughts on our DC Sports Legends bracket. All that plus Stewie and Brian in quarantine. Your Monday dose of normalcy in a global pandemic is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's
1: go. (laughs) Here we go.
2: Monday, March 30th, 2020. Thank you for joining me. We are on the verge of April and it is going to be a tough, tough month. The president saying on Sunday that they would extend, the extend, they would extend the so-called social distancing guidelines throughout the end of April. Many states, of course, are already on virtual lockdown, and I'd assume that that would continue. And there is no telling where this will go from here. It could always get worse. It has gotten way worse at every step. Than what I thought and what a lot of people thought. But you know what? Let's all lean in. Let's take our medicine good and hard now. Stay safe. And let's be ready to pick up the pieces on the other side. As Lou Sabin has told us.
3: You can get it done.
2: Get it done. You can get it done. What's more, you gotta get it done. And I hate to agree with Robert Griffin III on Twitter, but he had a tweet that I gotta say, not, not a bad sentiment. He said, you're not stuck at home. You're safe at home. Well said. We can do it, and we will do it. And I'll be here doing my part to try to keep everybody sane. Sports. When will sports come back? Uh, I would say with this new development, I cannot envision it any sooner than July 1st. But again, who can say? There was actually a proposal to do the college football season early, if you can believe that, that they would move it up to like summer, to like the start of August. And it was so ridiculous. It's like, yeah, no, that's definitely not happening. Kirk Herbstreet in an interview said he thinks if he was the commissioner of the NFL or ran college football, he'd cancel the seasons now, which I think is a little premature. Don't you think he may be right that this thing touches into the fall, but To say right now he'd cancel it? No. No, it's it's too early. You can't do that now, and I don't understand why he would say such a thing. The NFL draft is going to go on, and that I actually applaud, because I believe that we all need to do what we can, if we can, and do it safely. The country needs it, and if it saves one job, if it keeps one advertiser on board, there is no reason to flush it. And I think the NFL, I I applaud them for saying, yeah, we can do the draft by virtue of safe, separate online entities, camera crews uh, conferencing in. it will be like the Zoom draft, basically. There is no reason not to do it because it could keep at least a couple more people catching a paycheck during this time. There are some out there who believe in sensitivity above all. And there are some people that really buy into the Greta Thunberg angle of how dare you? How dare you? Well, I don't buy into that. There's no harm in doing it. It makes sense to do it. And they should press on. And I applaud them. The Premier League in soccer has developed plans for clubs to play televised games in isolated, quote, World Cup style camps in the Midlands and London over June and July in order to try to finish the 2019 2020 season. Amid the pandemic, the football authorities have been in discussion about ideas over the weekend with games behind closed doors, still seen as the likeliest solution, but the idea of isolated camps and is one of the clubs is one that the clubs keep returning to. It has gained increasing traction in the last couple of days. None of this will really be anything other than just fairy wishes until we see the infections peak and then stabilize and then start going down anything until that point is all just fantasy wishes and we're not going to know meanwhile a world health a world health organization official is urging people to lay off the booze calling it a quote unhelpful coping strategy for cabin fever during the lockdown the responses to that story on social media are worth the price of admission along with the gifs and the memes and everything else. Hey, who mind your fucking business, huh? And don't get me into the politics of the world health organization and the things they said earlier this year that are like not aging very well. Just saying. All right. With that said, time to talk some golf with our guy, Steve Sands. For anybody who is a golf fan about my age, You know that this song, aka Love's Theme, by the Barry White Orchestra. Hey, Barry White, everybody. Was the NBC golf theme for many years back in the 80s. And it just, it brings me back to my childhood watching golf from the Isuzu Classic with uh, (laughs) Vin Scully calling the action from the Wai Country Club. In Hawaii, it's time for golf on NBC. (laughs) And with that, I have buttonholed Steve Sands of the Golf Channel because he's got, like all of us, nothing but time. Hello, my man. I got Save, love. I got love's theme going—the '80s, you know, theme song for the PGA Tour on NBC. Remember the days?
3: Oh my God! Yeah, are you
2: kidding me. With Vince Scully calling the action from Wai Lai Country Club.
3: Of course, I <laughs> love it. It's in the hole. I'll never. It's in the hole.
2: I'll never forget Jack Renner holing out from the fairway. Oh yeah! To stun Isal Ioki.
3: Sao Ioki, the left <laughs> side of the fairway eighteen at Wyland. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, Trev- Trevino's hole in one at the Skins Game at PGA West. It's in the hole.
2: Oh my God! Oh, such man. great memories. Steve uh, Sands well, Golf Channel. Good to talk to you, brother. Where where are you riding this thing out right now?
3: Uh, I'm sitting at home, hanging out. Florida. Uh, Catching up on shows. Yeah, Florida.
2: Okay. Well, that's, you know, Florida is crazy. I, I saw the pictures where like Duval County closed the beaches or maybe I got it backwards and the neighboring county did not. And so aerial photos show pretty much along the beach line exactly where the county line is.
3: Yeah, exactly. They're, they're, they're beaches up and down the coast. Um, some of them are public beaches. Some of them are private beaches. Um, and then there's the county lines, and I guess the governor has one certain uh, ruling or however or mandate for the state, and then the counties and the commissioners and everybody locally are doing their own thing. They haven't put a statewide lockdown right. yet like Gavin Newsom has out in California.
2: What uh, What is the state of golf in Florida? Who's open, not who's not open?
3: Yeah, it's a very few are open. Um, I think some might try to reopen, um, you know, in the next few weeks, but most golf courses are closed.
2: What about private in, in, clubs in the
3: Orlando area, the in orange County, um, the biggest County in central Florida, uh, they've, everything's been shut. Everything's been closed.
2: Okay. It's interesting here in Virginia. It's actually the golf courses are open and they are. Oh really? That's good. Yeah. And they're, and they're doing for once golf courses are filling T sheets, even during some very marginal spring weather, I must say, it is so gloomy on a Sunday. It's just like this thick, overcast fog and a light mist, and people are out playing. So, go figure.
3: Yeah, I think uh, everybody's trying to get an, uh, trying to get some type of uh, exercise or outdoor activity, or else we're all going to go crazy sitting at home.
2: Yeah, absolutely. All right, so let's start with this October Masters assuming it can be pulled off and assuming that the reports of maybe to tuck it in behind the Ryder cup, if that happens around the first week or so of October, let's just assume, 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 how do you feel about an October masters? If that were to happen?
1: Oh,
3: I think whether it's played in October or November, um, I think leaning more towards November than October. I think that I think it's going to be one of the hottest tickets in the history of sports. I think nobody in the public has ever seen Augusta National that time of year. I think people are, you know, always jonesing uh, for the Masters. Now, one of the advantages Augusta National has over the other majors is it A goes back to the same place every single year, which is uh, obviously an iconic sports venue, uh, but it's also the first golf major. Uh, in some eight months, because the last one is usually played in July with right. the Open Championship. So, eight or nine months uh, away from April. Uh, so, that momentum will be lost. See, but I, I think that, you know, seeing Augusta National um, with some fall foliage, uh, some different colors, um, and who knows what will be on the line at that point. Uh, you know, McElroy still has a chance to win the career Grand Slam, Tiger's still the defending champion. Uh, Who knows if somebody gets hot and all these majors line up, uh, if everything is okay in the world and all these majors line up September, October, November, who knows? Wow. Um, If somebody gets hot, they could make a run at winning all. You just never know. But I think it'll be I think it'll be a massive massive I do too. sporting event.
2: I do too. I, and I think it, c- it could be delectable given that it's the thing we all love the most, but in a different setting, but equally That's as great. glorious, just different. Yeah. I had never seen Steve until just this last week, the pictures, rare pictures of Augusta in the fall the time that Ronald Reagan was playing there in like 82 and some nutbag took a guy in the pro shop hostage and the secret service was out there with their Uzis drawn and golf magazine or golf digest put the pictures out and I go, wow, look at that. Did you know about yeah, that incident? Do you remember that?
3: I, I did. I, I remember, you know, hearing about that, uh, years ago. Uh, and I've been there in the fall. Uh, I've been there in November and December and seen what that golf course looks like. And, what that whole area looks like, I mean, it is it is so pretty. It's a beautiful place regardless, uh, obviously, uh, the way Augusta National always looks for the world to see every April. But just seeing it in a different setting uh, I think will be somewhat stunning for golf sure. fans and sports fans who uh, always enjoy seeing Augusta National each and every April, and and that particular incident – you can imagine, Steve, how many incidents there have been on the grounds there. That's got to be top five or top ten.
2: Oh, question. absolutely. Um, by the way, the uh, I would imagine if you want fall colors, if the event was held in early October, I doubt you'll get much that early that far south. Wouldn't you think?
3: Yeah. Um, I, I, I keep thinking that it's not going to be in October. I keep thinking that it's going to be in November uh, because they want to get the golf course as ready as possible uh it's not usually open uh zabe's until around october mid-october late october usually they close from about may 15th to october 15th in and around those dates. maybe may 25th to october 25th and they're in and around those dates so um look they can do whatever they want with their golf course, sure. obviously. They have the means to do it. Um, but I saw go, I saw they, the they aerial photos. School, yeah, I saw the old school RFK. And I remember <laughs> the guys used to have, like, green all over their uniforms because they used to paint the field. Maybe they'll just start <laughs> painting things at Augusta. But believe me, the the, the place will be Yeah, they'll get pristine. it right. You know, they'll get it right. They yeah. always do. Yeah.
2: I, uh, Friday I talked about how I'd seen for the first time pictures, aerial pictures of how they let it burn out in the summer, except for the greens. Right. And like the tees. And I was just stunned. I was like, wow. And then. Yeah, that's the bent grass.
3: They they want to take care of it. Yeah.
2: All right. Uh, Let's talk about a potential major scramble. Meaning, if the world gets back on its feet, back on its axis sometime midsummer, how do you think the major bodies of golf, all of which control different aspects of the major schedule, would want to proceed with what might be a major every three or four weeks to run out the rest of the year? How do you think that would be received, and how do you feel personally about a quick bu to end the year of majors?
3: I don't mind the bu. I just don't want them to be back to back, Steve. I don't want someone to get hot <laughs> and win two or three or four of them uh, not that not not that anybody isn't worthy of winning, but you don't want that to happen. One of the beauties of golf is the masters in april, the pga in 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 may the u s open in June, and the open championship. Over in England or Scotland or Northern Ireland uh, is in July, and I think that that's spaced out nicely. Without the Olympics this summer, that opens up a little bit of a that's gap right. um, for some of the scheduling to change. And I, I think the I think the PGA of America uh, will take its PGA Championship and that August third to sixth date. Uh, then it will slide all the FedEx Cup playoff events back a week and have a Labor Day Monday finish, perhaps. Um, with the PGA tour at the tour championship in Atlanta, East like, and then I think the majors will start to run out. I think you'll see um, the open, the U S open and the masters kind of line up after that. But I don't think they're going to be in that three majors in five weeks type of thing. I think that the majors all want to kind of avoid that scenario of just lining up back to back to back. And look, it's great if somebody gets hot and wins two or three majors for that person. Um, But I I don't think the majors are interested in being that close to one another where a scenario like that could happen. And And I don't think they're doing it, I don't think they're not doing it because of that scenario. I just think that they're cognizant of that scenario happening.
2: And what about the Ryder Cup?
3: Ryder Cup is, is, is an interesting one. I mean, they have a lot going on there. One is, people forget Uh, because it's been so long. But after 9-11, the Ryder Cup switched to even years. It used to be in odd years up until 9-11. But because 9-11 happened, obviously 9-11 being September, the Ryder Cup was just after that. It was postponed until 2002, and it slid the President's Cup to 2003, and then they went so on and so on in odd and even years. The Ryder Cup being in even years in 2020, being at Whistling Straits end of September, has an opportunity if they choose to, That's the PGA of America, not the PGA tour, mm-hmm. PGA of America and the European tour own the Ryder cup. They have an opportunity to slide it back a year to 2021. They would have to go in the same year as the Olympics because of Tokyo, but then it would be away from the Olympics and it would be back in its traditional spot of being in an odd year. As it currently stands, it's during a summer Olympic year and A winter olympic year 20 and then 22 and 24 keep going back and back back and forth with the even years but i I think they have a decent opportunity zaves to kind of get the tradition back to odd years Hmm. get it away from all of these major championships in the fall uh and i think it would make everybody happy if they keep it the thing they run into the most is um the qualifying process is difficult because they're missing so many tournaments, you don't know who's going to qualify for the event. Or do you just go 12 guys on each side are all captain's picks? Well, that's not really the way that event is usually played. So right. they're kind of in the throes of a lot of different things here. Yeah,
2: well, it'll be interesting. But uh, all depends on how the world uh, sorts itself out over the next couple of months, to be sure.
3: Yeah, all no, right. no question. Golf is going to suffer if this thing goes deep into July. Uh, not as much as much as life is suffering, obviously. Right. But in a sports sense, uh, the golf calendar gets squeezed in a big hurry. Ziggs. Sure. If this thing isn't resolved by June, middle of June, golf runs its runs out of dates to hold big events.
2: Yeah. Well, let's knock on wood and hope. Uh, yeah. Hope, hope for so. the under. Hope for the under on it. So whenever I talk to you, you always want to talk DC sports, especially Redskins. And <laughs> and I know you well, have I'm thoughts. A, I'm in a
3: good mood, Zaves. Don't don't bring
2: ah. Down. Come on now. All right. First no, of all, I'm going to let you opine on some of the Redskins' offseason moves and some of the moves they didn't make, like not making a move for either Jameis Winston or Cam Newton. But also, I want you to chime in. We've been running on our station in DC, uh, our ultimate DC Sports Madness bracket of basically coaches players and figures in dc sports history in a field of 64 type bracket i sent it to you it might be very small maybe you can pinch and zoom i saw it i loved it but all right so let's start with the redskins are you bullish on the ron rivera regime Steve Sands?
3: bullish yes i wouldn't say uh, i'm a 10 out of 10 Uh, but i think that when ron rivera got hired I've, I've, i've met ron i don't know ron very well um he's a terrific guy and he's well respected in the league and I think that Ron wouldn't have taken the job unless he was given the keys to the kingdom having said that uh, we'll know pretty soon uh, just like Shanahan found out and Schottenheimer found out <laughs> if he actually still holds those keys <laughs> right. uh, you know if that if that fob is still in his pocket oh. then I think the organization will be be run in a somewhat professional manner. Uh, but it can become a circus very quickly with Daniel Snyder. So I'm I'm good with the Rivera hire. Uh, I'm glad he didn't bring Cam Newton. I think Cam stinks. Really? I think, a pain, I think he's pain in the butt. I think his right arm is dead. Um, And I, he's a wonderful athlete, and he's had a tremendous career. But I think that – I just think he's on the downside of his career. If you were going to go after he or Winston, I'd go after Winston before I went after Cam Newton. Um, I also think he's just – there's a lot going on with Cam. I'm, 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 his circus, uh, we don't need his circus act in D.C. Yeah, And I'm fine with Haskins, by the way. Um, let, let's let see what we have.
2: Um, yeah, I, I agree. Know, the, the, the thing let's see with, what we have first. The thing with Cam, uh, even if you knew that his arm was healthy and you knew that he was focused on being a great quarterback— It's the problem is how long do you then be in the Cam Newton business? One year, two years? And what does that do to Dwayne Haskins? It would pretty much obliterate the Haskins. First of all, if it's bad with with Dwayne, if it's bad with Cam Newton, you've wasted time and money trying him out. If it's good with Cam Newton, now you've got another problem, which is so what do you do with Haskins? And then how long are you in the Cam business for? I just don't see much upside to it.
3: Yeah, I totally agree. I I just, first of all, I don't think cam's best days are ahead of him i think they're behind him uh i just think that's a brutal injury to come back from for a right-handed quarterback uh to have that right arm be like that and i just his action just i'm just not impressed with his action his action um
2: like a a golf swing the way he throws it
3: his his, but his on and off the field action i just not (laughs) i'm just not a huge fan of, of anything that he is about uh i never met the guy i have no idea what he's like but i just you know from the, the dressing up and the, the antics and the, the woe is me. And the, the, the I don't like the nonsense. Right. Uh, the Win, the Winston thing, I think is fascinating. Personally, I think Winston is an incredible talent and he throws for 5,000 yards. He throws for 30 plus touchdowns. He just sees the other color as well yeah. too often. And he throws a lot of picks, but I think with the right coaching and the right system, I think Jameis Winston is a starting quarterback in the NFL. Having said all that, Haskins is the guy for now. You have to see what you have. You're not losing anything by giving Haskins the opportunity to be the starter. You'll know quickly. Uh, you know, I'm a big love at first sight guy. I think you'll know quickly whether Haskins, when yeah. he has the confidence and has read the playbook a little bit and knows the system. I think we'll know pretty quickly whether or not he's a starting quarterback in the
2: NFL. I think on Jameis, as a golf analogy, he's a five birdie around guy, but with three doubles and a triple. And no so question. the temptation is do you see something with how he approaches his round to take those doubles and triples and dial them down to just bogeys? Now you got something to work with. I don't know. For only football people that really know, yeah, know. Jameis' mental makeup and know how to read film to go. He doesn't see this. That's why he threw it. Damn it. He doesn't see that. That's why he threw it. How come he can't see that? Every other quarterback sees that.
3: No question. Listen, you can't in in the NFL, you can make a strong, strong uh, thought process by going with there are only so many possessions per game when you are giving up to a game, (laughs) to turnovers, those are only the picks, by the way. You know, occasionally there's a fumble here and there because all quarterbacks sure. can get blindsided and fumble. Uh, if you're throwing 30 plus picks, uh, you're giving up way too many possessions in, in a league that that's so close. The fine line between winning and losing. I still think, though, in the right system, I think Jameis Winston is the starting quarterback in the NFL. But having said all that, I'm I'm, I'm on Haskins for now.
2: All right, let's talk about this bracket. Ultimate DC Sports Madness at Team980 on Twitter. Uh, The one seeds are Joe Gibbs, Alex Ovechkin. Uh, We've already had, uh, let's see, Daryl Green. He's still through. And then Walter Johnson. So there's your one seeds right there. Maybe the most intriguing matchup in the Sweet 16, which is going on right now, is between Sean Taylor and John Riggins. Two larger than life figures one sadly in death the other one because of what he did during the glory days uh what are your thoughts
3: oh i'd go john riggins every day um i i'm not it's not that i'm not sold on sean taylor um, but i think that a lot of times in sports and in life when someone passes away early in life he or she is bumped up a couple of notches sure. on the ladder. Uh, I think that's only a natural thing to do. I think Sean Taylor was on his way to becoming one of the great defensive backs of his era. I think he was on his way to becoming one of the great Redskins of all time, but it was stopped real short, right? like real, real short. And I think that you just can't put him in the category of a John Riggins who literally put the organization on his back at some point and led them to a title. Now, Taylor's teams were nearly good enough for him to do that. And would he eventually have become Ronnie Lott? Sure. But he's not even the greatest defensive back in the history of the, of the skins, let alone anywhere close to the league. Yeah. I think Daryl green's the greatest redskin of all time. And I think that it's hard to argue when you play 20 years in the burgundy and gold, win multiple Super Bowls, lead the league in interceptions and, and are all pro first ballot hall of fame. I just think that John and that's that's Daryl Green. I think John yeah. Riggins, to me, every day of the week was a better Redskin than Sean Taylor.
2: You know the great and outrage. Sean
3: Taylor was tremendous. Yeah. But he but Riggins was Riggins was Good God, Riggins. Riggins has a poster in the upstairs of my house on a fourth and one against Miami.
2: I'm I'm looking at poor Don McNeil (laughs) hanging on while being dragged for one last second. before anybody
3: else has (laughs) that poster with Sean Taylor on it, I'll take
2: 44. Right. Now, here's the great outrage is that uh, I was not even permitted in the committee room when the seatings were decided. I I don't know why. Uh, Uh, My boss, CJ, just didn't want... I guess he didn't want too many chefs in the kitchen. It was his deal... And so, therefore, Joe Theismann as an eight seed is criminally
3: underseeded. That's that's the quarterback of my youth. That's a 32, that's a 28 to 36 kind of player in the history of D.C. sports. Come on. I, yes. uh, yeah, <laughs> Joe, Joe should be higher than that. I know. Joe should be a, Joe should be a six or a five. maybe.
2: Well, and he got fed that to Daryl. He got six. fed to Daryl green and he, and he lost right there. Any Why other lose
3: that one every time. 28 is the greatest Redskin of all time.
2: All right. Any other thoughts on the bracket a, a, as a whole?
3: Yeah, I think a couple of things. I think, I think that we're in the midst of something special in DC with Ovechkin being the greatest goal scorer of all time and winning a Stanley cup. Strasburg re-signing with Washington and winning in the fashion that he won uh, with a World Series title in D.C., I've always said that D.C. is the only city in America with all four major sports that has a coach as its biggest sports figure in the history of the city. I mean, I know Lambeau's huge in Green Bay, but he's not bigger than Favre, Rogers, and Bart Starr. You could go on and on and on, but Gibbs is the only one who's ever been the biggest figure of any major city with sports and been the coach and not a player. However, I think with Ovechkin winning that title two years ago, I think Ovechkin was – the greatest player in all of sports who had yet to win a title, and he knocked that off the mantle. He's also going after one of the most cherished records in sports uh, as far as the goals from Wayne Gretzky. And then you go to Strasburg the way he carried that team, the way he pitched, the way he conducted himself, and resigning in Washington. If he and Ovechkin finished their careers as Washington as Washingtonians, mm-hmm. as, as guys who are not only part of the team, but part of the community. I think that those two could surpass Joe Gibbs, but I still think Joe Gibbs uh, is the number one sports figure in DC. And I think that Ovechkin Strasburg and Daryl green, if you want to go back to Walter Johnson, you can, but that's so far gone I, I, I can't <laughs> even fathom that, but right. I think Ovechkin and Strasburg are really climbing that ladder because they play their entire career here in DC, like uh, like Daryl Green.
2: Yeah, yeah. All right, let's do a quick uh, best five golf related list with Steve Sands here, and then we'll send you on your way. We'll start with simply the best course you have ever played.
3: It's a tie: uh, Augusta National Golf Club and the Old Course at St Andrews.
2: Wow, when did what? When did you play Augusta? What time of year?
3: Um. I'm embarrassed to say I've played it seven times. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I no, can't that's okay. Have you? I, can't, I Seriously. can't say how many times I've played
2: it. But it's more than not, once. you played not, it more I, than once.
3: That's okay. I've played it multiple times. I've played it uh, in the November-December era, and I've also played it area, and I've also played it uh, the day after the match.
2: Yeah, there is a media lottery... Which right. I still think they conduct, where a well, they limited do, they still do it the limited number, and they pretty yeah. much draw. They claim to draw it randomly. Uh, who knows how they really draw? Uh, it. I don't know <laughs> how random
3: it is. But I've, I've been lucky enough to be picked out of the hat once, and I've also been very, very fortunate to be there uh, earlier in the season. Here's a, here's the only thing
2: about that that lottery, which I've heard from people in the media that I I, I shake my head at. They say they don't even cut the greens.
3: Oh no, you're playing. Uh, the one time I played it the day after the Masters, I'm telling you, it was like putting on your sidewalk.
2: Oh, so it they was, did. Okay, one no, person said. No, 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 no.
3: No, oh. no, no, no. They do not cut.
2: Oh, so got it. Yeah. So you've already so, had a.
3: Yeah. It's so fast. And by the way, you have the Sunday pins, it's so fast. And it's it's tournament conditions. When you play Augusta National in November and December, January, March. It's different. Uh it's it's, it's, it's in member it's not,
2: conditions. Yeah. It's it's in
3: member conditions. So even, well, though the the greens, even though they don't cut the greens,
2: even though they don't cut the greens, it's still very fast. Well, and, yeah, they go from yeah. fifteen and a half to fourteen.
3: <laughs> on the stem. I mean like are you kidding me? It's they, like rolling on your forehead. It's, it's crazy. They
2: also make you play from the white tees, which is like sixty two hundred yards or something.
3: The member tees is what they call it. Well, right. The the member tees. There are only two tees there are member tees and And tournament tees. tees. Yeah. And I would. Master tees and. By the way, I've played it from the Master's tees. And it's not pretty back there. Oh so, no! no. Jesus. Here's the thing: I
2: wouldn't. Here's thing. I, I would not want to, as a as an eight handicap. I wouldn't want to play all of it. But I kind of would like to play about sixty eight hundred yards. Of course, yeah, I'm, not, what, yeah. I'm
3: not an eight, but you you can you can kind of mix and match once you get away from the clubhouse a little bit if you if you dare take a chance at Augusta right. National. But you play the members' tees; it's it's plenty. It, it, the, the fairways and the tees are not what you're interested in. What you're interested in is what happens to you from yeah. the second shot in. Yeah, and exactly. what happens to you from the second shot in, I mean, honestly, if you play it out, and, and if you're going to play a National, Ashley, you better putt out, you better play it all the way through. Uh, you're four or five putting a couple of times on those greens because those three-footers.
2: Like like Ernie Els putt- that one time on number one. Exactly. Tragic. Exactly. you right.
3: you literally going to have a three-footer for par, and then you're going to literally – putt it 11 feet past yeah. and then three putt from there all it's right. it's hard it's my, hard to play that
2: golf. my best course is pine valley but i don't want to humble brag you've probably okay, played that six times as well okay I've number been, two no been. oh I've i got never, one on Steve Sands. hell yeah ding <laughs> all right number two most magical golf experience ever does not have to be around but an experience oh
3: man uh professionally or personally
2: Personally, because for me, personally, was walking up 17 and 18 in the dark at St. Andrews when my group yeah. arrived two years ago. And right. they were it was a beautiful summer evening, and guys were just over the moon. The big clubhouse right. lit up in the distance. They couldn't believe that yeah. we could just walk right down the course, and we did. We walked down to Dunvegan's Pub and had a pint. It was magical. Yeah.
3: Nothing wrong with that. I mean, I, I've got so many I've so many to choose from, but let me – I'll give you two personal ones. One, um, I got to play St. Andrews with my dad and my two brothers. Awesome. Uh, and we were coming up 18, and the crowd is kind of gathering around 18 as if you're a professional. It's the most bizarre feeling you'll ever have. It's a tourist golfer. crowd. Yeah, because it, the tourists tourist in
2: town, they come down to just right. lean over the rail and see, oh, here's some people exactly. playing golf.
3: So I hit a beautiful drive on 18 – And I needed a four at the last to break 90. And that was a big deal back then for me uh, because it was St. Andrews. And you just want to shoot something in the 80s. And it was hard to play the golf course the day we were there. So I hit a nice drive, hit a second shot onto the green, walking up there with my dad and my two brothers. All of us know that I just need a two putt to shoot 89. And there are a bunch of people around watching And they kind of lean over the rail and go, "What's this for?" (laughs) So now the pressure is completely on you. Uh, Two putter for eighty nine. So that was happy. Uh, That was a happy time. Um, That's good. I was with three buddies of mine at at a cool restaurant um, in Orlando years ago, uh, and Arnold Palmer was a couple of tables away. And I was very fortunate, Um, you know, the people we meet in our lives, Abe's doing what we do for a living is ridiculous. Uh, And I was very fortunate to know Mr. Palmer uh, very well. Uh, My buddies had never met him. And I can't tell you the exact story on the air because it was was not the cleanest of stories. Uh, (laughs) But I I can just tell you this. I walked over and said to Mr. Palmer, hey, my friends and I are having a couple of drinks at a couple of tables away. If you get a second, come on over. He goes, oh, of course. He was the greatest guy in the world. Sure. He came over, sat and BS'd with me and my buddies all night drinking, oh people coming up, having a good time. God. And he was telling stories that I've heard already from him, but my buddies had not And it's it was one of the great couple of hours uh, of that is good here that is good. By the way, they were not golf stories.
2: No, well, (laughs) Arnie was a guy's guy. He was a guy's guy. Period. End of story. All right, number all time guy number three. Best single golf tip you have ever received. I'll give you mine, and it was a tip. I think my dad taught it to me early on. He said, "When you're leaving your clubs on the green, leave them on the green, not on the fringe." Not in the rough where you think you're going to see it walking to the cart. If you right. leave your club on the green, you'll never forget it. Best tip I've ever had.
3: That's a, that's a great tip. Uh, the best tip I've ever received is uh, be ready to play. Play quickly. You're not good enough to go slow.
2: <laughs> play right. Play play good. Play fast. Play bad. Play faster. Is what my friend Jeff Sheehan likes to say. Number four on five, a quick five best golf list with Steve Sands. The trip or thing in golf you still desperately want to do?
3: Ooh, um, I have never played Pebble Beach. What? Uh, I've I've been there a thousand times. So I would love to go uh, do the Pebble Beach Cypress Point. I would like to do Cypress Point with any course I haven't played. Yeah, Cypress is
2: very hard to get on.
3: Yeah, I've been invited a few times, and I'm sure if I reached out to a couple of people, I could get on there, Uh, but I, I don't like doing that. Uh, I, I prefer to just kind of a casual conversation with somebody who happens to be a member there, have them go, Hey, you want to come play? Sure.
2: Right. But right, right, I, right.
3: I, I don't like to ask. I don't think that's nice. Okay. So,
2: well, and you know what? I'll be your uh, asking, if I could do... I'll be your asking guy. And then <laughs> yeah, you can just exactly. tag along and that way you stay you clean know. and I'm the dirty guy that likes to, you know, right. drop names. Uh, exactly. by the way, I so want to go, could... I want to go experience the sand belt in Australia.
3: Yeah. Can't... The sand belt's amazing. Yeah. Sand... I've, I've been there a couple of times. Uh the sand belt is absolutely spectacular. Been there a couple of times for uh for a president's cup in Melbourne, so that's fantastic. But if I could go and stay at Spanish Bay and play MPCC, Cypress Point, Spyglass, and Pebble, uh, that would be and That'd any, be good and the and the night in the in the bars that you're supposed to go to when you're around there. Uh, that would be a fantastic week.
2: All right. Then the most amazing pro tour slash major moment you witnessed firsthand. I'll give you mine real quick. And it is a small little thing, which you'd say that's really the best thing ever. I'll never forget it, though, is indelibly in my memory. Oakmont, last time they played the U.S. Open there. Uh, yeah, I think, Dustin well, the,
3: Johnson.
2: No, no, I'm sorry. The second to last time when Cabrera uh, held Hale off Tiger. Cabrera, title. yeah. So yeah. we're there as fans, and we're packed into this little nook by the first tee. And I was lucky enough, I had played Oakmont before, so I, I knew how hard it was. And so the first tee box is way around the corner next to where the clubhouse is for the pros. It's way back there. And so me and a buddy of there were crammed shoulder to shoulder, waiting, 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 waiting. And a little walkway was all that existed for people to come up. You know, the players and their caddies come to the back tee. And we see Poulter, Poults, with his <laughs> with his earphones in, and he's strutting up like, you know, some you know, hot shot peacock, which is how Poulter rolls. And he gets up there amidst this throng of people watching his every move and stripes this towering drive into a ribbon of fairway that looks so daunting with rough that is an instant bogey on that first hole. And I said to myself, How do these guys do this? <laughs>
3: uh it's amazing. Um there's there's just no accounting for greatness. It's yeah. the most impressive thing uh in, in for being a sports fan, greatness and Stepping up in pressure moments are my two favorite things to watch. How men and women in sports react to the pressure of the moment is the most fascinating thing uh, to me to watch. It's just it's remarkable, whether it's in golf or tennis or any other team sports.
2: So what's yours?
3: Amazing. Oh, God, there's been so many. I, I mean, um, I would Cup? say, yeah, the Ryder Cup. At, I was going to say that the Ryder Cup at Hazel team in 2016, was the loudest I've ever heard any golf tournament. It was not golf right. loud; it was sports loud. It was the craziest thing I'd ever we're, seen. They had 50,000 people on each hole. Right, and where, it was in total insanity.
2: Where were you when Rory and Patrick Rory and Reed? Reed I, was
3: walking, I was walking with the match.
2: So you? Oh, was, so you were there with that? Unbelievable.
3: Oh yeah, Unbelievable. I was walking with the match. It was absolutely, <laughs> it was absolutely riveting to watch the two of them go back and forth with each other and get the fans riled up. Um, It was a it was a wonderful, wonderful sports and sportsmanship moment between two great players um, who, by the way, have a lot of respect for each other. I think people kind of misunderstood what was going on there, but they uh, they put on as good a show as I've ever seen. It was just so loud. You know, you know, it, it was like RFK in the 80s loud you know it was it was not like it normally is in golf and that to me made that moment so amazing yeah,
2: they both hit bombs too and, and rory oh my God. rory with his hands come it's to shush. his ears his muscles yeah. rippling he was like
3: yeah let's go yeah. And then Reed he's yelling with his ears and reed's putting the shush over his mouth oh, everybody's going crazy that was uh that was a great moment, but I would probably pick something at the Majors more than the Ryder Cup. The Ryder Cup is an exhibition to me, whereas the Majors are you know, seemingly more meaningful to me as a sports fan. All
2: right. Very good. Steve-O, uh, all I can say, and I say this to everybody, the backside of this will be glorious, and we'll all appreciate it even more. Uh, let's hope it's sooner rather than later, and uh, just hunker in, stay safe, and we'll talk soon.
3: All right. Thanks for having me on, Zavis. Please, everybody, stay safe and healthy out there.
2: There you go. All right. Very good. Steve Sands of the Golf Channel, who, yeah, he's played Augusta many times, but still hasn't played Pebble, and is afraid to ask and drop names like, hey, yeah uh, kind of like to play your club. Let me be that guy. I'll be the guy that will ask on your behalf. I've got no shame. We'll end on this Family Guy podcast. Oh, I am so there. Enjoy the next four and a half minutes of Stewie and Brian trying to stay sane in quarantine.
0: Okay, we have played Trivial Pursuit until we have memorized every clue. We have played Candyland. We have played Sorry. That's how bored we are. We played Sorry. So what's left to do during a quarantine but make a podcast? Wow, a podcast. That sounds hard. No, Brian, it's actually about the easiest thing in the world. Well, so what do we do? Well, we just talk about whatever's relevant. Now... What's on people's minds these days? Um, Katy Perry's pregnant. What else? Tom Brady's going to Florida. That, that too, yeah. Um, coronavirus. Coronavirus. Wait, she's pregnant? Way pregnant, yeah. Wow, congratulations, Katy Perry. I know, right? It's so great. But you, uh, you mentioned coronavirus, which some people are also talking about. Yeah, that's why we're wearing these masks. Indeed. Now, before we start, Brian, I want to make sure we're healthy. I'm going to need you to take my temperature. I think you know how. Stewie, there's already two thermometers in there. Yeah, you can't be too safe. So, since we're all quarantined at home, we thought that we would offer a few ways to keep yourself occupied until we can all go back to cancelling dinner plans, not because we might get sick, but because it just sounds like a lot tonight. Right. Our goal is to help remind everyone that we can get through this with cooperation and togetherness. And on that note... Imagine there's no heaven...
2: It's easy. Nope,
0: nope. No hell be Unwelcome even in a global pandemic. Okay, all right, fine. Now, obviously, many of our favorite television shows are down at the moment, but do you know if the Masked Singer is still up and running? Uh, I, I I don't think so. Why Why would they be? Brian, they have masks. Oh. Yeah, oh. So, obviously, uh, one of the main problems right now is panic buying, which we really need to curb because hoarding helps no one and actually hurts those among us who need the supplies the most. Toilet paper is very hard to come by right now, so here are a few life hacks. If you run out of toilet paper, what do you do? If you own a tie, you have toilet paper. I would recommend scooting your ass on the lawn. Uh, always work for me. Yes, we've noticed. I, uh, a house cat? Your neighbor's nail? Oh, yeah, nice L.L. Bean catalog. There you go. You know, I got an email from them the other day. It's a... From L.L. From Bean? Fr- from L.L. Bean, yeah, saying, we're going to get through this together. Yeah, I'm getting a lot of those, too. I know, right? Look at this one. Here's our stance on COVID-19 from Lee Jeans. How, how does Lee Jeans have a stance on COVID-19? A reminder to cough into your elbow from Dracar Noir. Wash your hands for at least 20 seconds from Sephora. You're getting emails from Sephora? Hey, you think this face is an accident? Okay. Stay six feet apart at all times from Stanley Tape Measures. Now, now see that? That's 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 good branding, That's good branding. Yeah, right there. Stewie, what do you say to people out there who are scared right now? I say that's a nasty question, and you're a terrible reporter. Well, I feel a whole lot better. All right, should we take some calls? Let's take some calls. So we have Peter on the phone. He and Lois are still in quarantine on a carnival cruise off the coast of Spain, but in good spirits. Peter, you there? Yeah, hey, Brian. How's it going? Uh, How you holding up out there? Good, good. A lot of diarrhea, but they said as long as that goes on, they're not charging us. Oh, okay. So it's like, why the hell would I tell them when it stops, right? Yep. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Yeah, sure. Uh, Are you and Lois maintaining the proper social distance? Uh, Brian, I gotta go. We're getting fired on by a Russian warship. I'll talk to you later. Uh, Okay. Uh, uh, Next call, we have Glenn Quagmire. Hi, Glenn. Hi, Brian. Um, I have a question. Yeah, what's up? So, like, when they talk about only leaving the house for essential services, does that include Thai massage parlors? Uh, no. But, like, would that be, like, a a maybe, or... I I would say probably not. Kind of a wait and see? No, I, I would say... What if you're already there? I would go home, Glenn. Well, we're, we're pretty far along here. Yeah, yeah, you probably... A... She just went to change CDs. Yeah, Glenn, go home. Okay, so that's about all the time we have, but just a reminder to please familiarize yourself with the proper guidelines by visiting the website for the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization. Who? Yes. Oh, whose website? That's correct. Yeah, who? Yes. Okay, I go to the website. Yes. Whose website? That's right. Brian, we're in a crisis. Or... I I would say probably not. Kind of a wait and see? No, I I would say... What if you're already there? I would go home, Glenn. Well, we're we're pretty far along here. Yeah, yeah, you probably... She just went to change CDs. Yeah, Glenn, go home. Okay, so that's about all the time we have, but just a reminder to please familiarize yourself with the proper guidelines by visiting the website for the Centers for Disease Control or the World Health Organization. Who? Yes. Whose website? That's correct. Yeah, who? Yes. Okay, I go to the website. Yes. Whose website? That's right. Brian, we're in a crisis here. I don't think it's time to be dicking around. Who gives the guidelines? Yes, who gives the guidelines? That's what I'm asking! God, I hate you right now! Look, the point is, we can get through this. That's right. We've got to have each other's backs because we're all in this together. (coughs) Get the fuck away from me! Okay, this has gone well. Uh, Hang in there, everyone. Stay home as directed by your local and state governments, and we can beat this thing and get back to life. Do you want to play
2: sorry you know i would literally pay money for a family guy podcast like this no lie i know that ron burgundy has a podcast iheart pushes it out i don't know if it's any good or not anyone who listens to the ron burgundy podcast let me know is it any good but a family guy podcast even five minutes a day if you ask me to pay five bucks a month i'm in speaking of which uh Remember to download the Zabecast app. It is free. You can subscribe to Fridays, so you get five days of me, even during a pandemic. That's not free, the Fridays, but it's cheap. It's only 16 cents a day when you spread it out over a month, and I appreciate everybody who is still a subscriber. Rate and review, so our algorithmic overlords bless our crops in this podcast, and tell a friend who likes something good to listen to, to keep them same dur- sane during these days times that's a wrap for today have a great monday and we will see you tomorrow
1: hear that is that america cheering or a sausage patty